You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Deborah Epperling, author of your goal guide and creator of the Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So every week I bring together some of my people to dive into the topic of the week. And this, and it's, you may be watching this as Goal Chat Live, or you might be listening to us as the Dev Show Podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. But no matter how you got here, we are glad you're here in choosing your goals. And in the case of today's conversation, we're having a conversation about conversations. I mean, how much fun is that? Okay, I think it's lots of fun. And I've got such a great panel today. I have with me Matt Bailey, who coincidentally is also on the Marketing Podcast Network. So we met that way. And thank you, Jason Balls, for bringing me together with Matt and so many awesome podcasters. Also, we have Pam Lippett, who I met through the wonderful world of Innovation Women. Really excited to chat with you more. And Lisa Reed, who is also Innovation Women, but we know each other from way back when we were both speaking for the same on the same podcast. And on her podcast, she talked about you know, finding your speaker soulmates and making speaker friends. So I reached out and said, we should be speaker friends. So there you go. So whether they're goal friends or speaker friends or conversation friends, here we are today. And again, conversations, it's such an important topic because <laughs> look what we're having. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm going to do that the entire hour. I'll just apologize. Now, what I would love, though, is for my guests to introduce themselves a little bit better, share who you are, why you're here, and what this converse, what this topic of conversation means to you. So, Matt, let's start with you. Welcome. Hey, thank you, Deb. I appreciate it. Uh, just a little bit of background. I've been in the digital marketing business, primarily the agency side, for about 25 years. Uh, but now I've moved more into education. So I am teaching at different companies. I have also launched online courses, coached courses, because conversation with a coach or a teacher is so valuable, more so than watching hundreds of hours of video. So that's why I love conversation with students. And that's why I feel conversation. It's it, basically, this is my show. We get to hang out and have a conversation every week at 4 p.m. Pacific for about an hour um, because that's where the gold comes from. You get to meet each other's people. And if we're lucky, you all are friends by the end of the show, if not sooner. So really thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. And, and Pam, welcome. 
Well, thank you very much. It was great meeting you through the Innovation Women. I haven't really gotten any gigs through there yet, but I'm hoping that will change soon. I am a communications consultant. I work with individuals and teams to make sure that they're empowering their voice, speaking the right way, speaking in a unified voice, and mostly speaking is about listening and active listening. And I help people get to that point where they are better speakers because they're actually better listeners. So, <laughs> so we have speaking people. So we've got speaking, listening, and teaching. I feel like there's like a theme here today, which is only going to get better. Lisa, what brings you here today uh, other than, you know, me? <laughs> well, I'm so excited to be here as well. I love, love what I'm hearing so far. I'm Lisa Reed, founder of Get Speaking Gigs Now and the CEO of the International Speaker Network. So you may have caught a theme here. Love speaking, love conversations. You know, a little known fact, I actually have a bachelor's and a master's in speech communication. I remember when I was a freshman sitting in class my first week of school, and I got to take this interpersonal communication class. I call my mom on my way, you know, like by the time I get home, we didn't have cell phones back then. And I said, mom, I want to change my major. I want to be a speech. I didn't know I could major in this. This is like, I'm arrived. I'm here. This is it. And she was like, why don't you wait? Maybe if, maybe till the next semester, like it was like the first day of school. <laughs> well, little to, you know, I was right. I did change my major. I love it. So I love the topic today. Conversation super important in all aspects, business, relationships, friendships, parenting, so many reasons why we should have healthy conversations. It, and your story reminded me, um, my, so I started out school in Nebraska and then I uh, transferred to UW-Madison, not terribly relevant, but what is so freshman Friday, that first Friday of the semester where they've got all the clubs in a room so you can see what's available. The husband of the speech team coach saw me look for like two seconds and pulled me in. And that was really, my social life in college was talking. I'm sure this surprises no one, but that's the thing is when you got, I hate to say gift of gab, but it just kind of like fell into my head. But when you can have genuine conversations with people, that's really the way we move the needle because again you can't reach your goals on your own you need your people and especially in area in conversations like this one about conversations it's just a great way to make new friends and meet each other's people and you can all you're all similar but different which is you know the best kind of panel and i feel like we should start with the obvious question what are conversations? How do we define this, Matt? That is such a broad topic and I know. <laughs> I'm not sure how to return that. I mean, conversations can take any form. Um, I, I mean, like you said, there's, there's family, there's professional, there's interpersonal, uh, there's so much to it, but I would, I would mention, well, let me see, let me approach it a couple of different ways. So from, Owning an agency conversation meant making sure all my employees were happy, making sure all the fires were put out, 
And all of that required, and I was just telling some of this the other day, the first two hours of me hitting the office was talking to people, making them feel good, making them know that I understand what's going on. I'm helping with this and, and I need to help, you know, get someone to help you with this. It, it, that's what made the agency run. And I had to learn that as the boss that I just don't show up and work. I had to show up and talk to people because they needed that from, I would say, both a leadership as well as that conversational that someone cares, someone's listening and making that happen. Uh, so, you know, you go from doing that at work, then you come home and you do it. And I have four daughters and who are all masters of conversation. Uh, so <laughs> I am fully aware of everything that's going on. But I will say I am so thankful for the time we have around the table that there are nights when I feel like my ears will fall off but they're talking to me and we have just amazing conversations that I would never trade for anything. Ah, I love that. <laughs> it, it, but when, when you can talk, when you're, you're able to construct words in a meaningful way, I feel you could do anything. We were, I mentioned the speech team before. I always say, whenever anybody asks for advice for kids, I say, get them doing public speaking because if Absolutely. they can communicate young, they can communicate for life. Absolutely. And it's funny that one of my most in-demand courses is how to, how to present data and information. And it's funny because we'll spend maybe the first hour on the data portion, but the next three hours or longer is communication. And, you know, it, same, you know, same here. I graduated with a bachelor's in communication and media. Uh, now my master's, I went and finished that two years ago in education. Uh, and it was just amazing how, you know, after doing a lot of training and teaching, I had backed into understanding through trial and error, what worked and what was effective. But now I'm sitting through classes on education and I'm learning the theories and structures going, oh, well, yeah, that's the name for it. But I figured it out after five years of trial and error. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, you learn how to communicate better. And especially in teaching, lecturing is not the best method of teaching. Conversations are. That back and forth. That's what you, you know, you learn through students. And that's why I love that, that, you know, that dialectic that happens between a teacher and a student where you're more of a coach than a teacher, because you're, you're reaching from your experience, everything that you've done, and you can incorporate that into the feedback and the, the motivation that you give somebody. Absolutely. And th this is why I tell people I do work. I lead workshops. Yes, I speak, but workshops are really where you get that fun give and take. Absolutely. So, so Pam, you, Pam and Lisa have had time to digest the conversation. You're welcome. I just, I just want to say we are, it's not a triumvirate. It's a quadrumvirate because I too have a bachelor's in communications. So you put the thread together perfectly, Deb. Um, I just, I wanted to say that for me, a conversation is a dialogue, not a monologue. And that's where the listening comes in. Because if, if someone is bent on just getting their message across, but they're not hearing the other person and responding, you know, it's kind of, sometimes you hear like a, you hear a, uh, someone on TV and you know, they only care about the next question on their piece of paper 
And in the middle, I see head shaking. And in the middle of it, you you know, the, the interviewee can say, oh, by the way, I went to Mars last week. And it the interviewer just glosses <laughs> over it because they need to get to their next written question. So a dialogue breaks that cycle. I also like to teach when I work with my clients to talk about having conversations with people, talking with people, not necessarily to people. Because when you talk with someone, you're on an even playing field. And even though it may be a boss, you know, relationship with someone subordinate in the workplace, for the the person who's subordinate, the idea that they're having a conversation with their boss equals the boss really wants to know what I think. And to me, that's really important. Oh, I am so with you. One of my other favorite soapboxes, you know, the companies that will succeed from now into the future are the ones who have their goals in alignment with their team. Because if you're not all rowing in the same direction, what is the point? The boat's not going anywhere. Um, It's raining. So that's probably why the water analogy. Lisa. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Uh, Number one, I think we're all teachers here, which is super cool. When I was going to, for my match, for my master's degree, I actually taught that interpersonal communication class. I loved it so much. I taught it for two years at Cal State Fullerton. And I always say I'm a teacher disguised as a speaker. Like, (laughs) just like, as long as you're learning something and moving forward, we're, we're doing well, we're doing well. And I think one of the, I'm going to throw a little curveball because I agree with what everyone's saying, but I'm like, Ooh, there's some one piece that we haven't mentioned yet. And that is the conversation with yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I don't know if you, any of you get this comment, but because I'm in the speaker realm, a lot of times people will say, Oh, that's the number one fear. And people would rather die. And you know, all the kind of things about speaking. And I said, well, you know, those actually aren't my clients don't have that significant anxiety. They usually really want to speak. They just want to do it more often. And that's what we're focusing on. But that doesn't mean that they are um, immune to what I call speaker's kryptonite, which is that conversation we have with ourselves that can keep us from, and of course, this can apply to many aspects of life. But in my world, I usually am talking about speaker's kryptonite. And I'll say, if you're suffering from that, you probably just haven't had the right conversation with yourself yet, right? It's like you've been unbeknownst to yourself, and I'm I'm guilty as well, of having a conversation that's somehow fear-based about whatever it is that you're doing. And it's like a temper tantrum of a three-year-old that hasn't gotten the lollipop that they want. You know, it's like, you're, you, they're like, is it the balloon? No, is it a stuffed animal? No, is it, are you, you know, are you hungry? Are you tired? You're like, no, I want the red lollipop. Like, oh, okay. So until we figure out what the actual solution is, we're not having the right conversation with ourselves and being able to soothe and heal and move forward. So just kind of another component of conversation. It's not always with another person. It can also be with yourself. Yes. And the way you talk to yourself, it's a big deal. It's, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. But it's words, words, words matter. And it's not just the words that you're having with other people, but it is those internal and sometimes external. One thing that I hear a lot of is, you know, when you're having 
when you're fighting with yourself, you really need to befriend you because that's the best way to turn around a conversation. Um, what do you think? What are your, same question to all of you. Um, how do you change a conversation that is not um, to your best benefit, I guess? Lisa? Um, what I would, it kind of depends. Like if I'm having a conversation, well, I think the four of us are probably higher EQ than the average person, let's say, because of what we do and what we studied and the work that we've done. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest ahas for me is knowing my limit with my own EQ, because sometimes I can get a little confident thinking I can handle any conversation at any time. But I do have emotions as well that sometimes <laughs> bubble over. And that's where my awareness can be very helpful in that moment of saying, I have reached, you know, internally to myself, I have reached my maximum capacity of, you know, emotional management or emotional intelligence at this moment. I, at this point, nothing more is helpful is going to come out of my mouth to contribute to this conversation. So the best thing I can do is say, you know what, I, this is important to me, but I'm going to give myself a timeout and I'm just going to, I'm going to exit this conversation for now. I will return back to it if we need to return back to it. But right now I'm, I'm probably not going to say anything super helpful. So I think just kind of being our own, putting on our own guardrails, like instead of thinking we can just handle anything, it doesn't always have to be handled right away at this moment. And that's probably one of the things that I'm 51 now, so old now, I'm just kidding. I'm 51 now and I'm a lot more patient than I was when I'm kidding. I'm not that old, but I, but a lot more mature than when I was in 31, when I was 41, where I needed to have the answer right away and resolve it right away. Now I'm a lot more patient and just, let me just let the thing settle, give a person, give myself a chance to get a different perspective so that I'm not pushing my agenda. Cause I'm also, because of that, all that studying communication, I'm pretty sneaky, right? I'm, I'm very, <laughs> very good at making you understand how wrong you are in a really nice way. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm really good at it. And so <laughs> I try not to use my, my power for e- for evil. I try to use it for good. <laughs> so the answer is sometimes it's not about changing the conversation. Sometimes it's about stopping, mm-hmm. interrupting the pattern of the conversation. Uh, Pam, what do you think? So I have two comments. First of all, I think that is something I really admire and should work on more. Though those difficult conversations are getting a little bit fewer as I get older and you're only 51 is what I have to say about that. But I I would say two things. I have a comment, uh, a, a thought and a comment. So my thought is the power of the pause. Right. Because and that's one of the things I work on with myself and with other people and the ums and the ahs and the the, they're called disfluencies. You want a fancy word. Uh, I'm not sure I learned that word till this year, but that's okay. Uh, I always like to be learning because it's one thing when you're giving a speech and you have to be prepared or you're introducing yourself and you're doing your three minute rundown. I can do that in my sleep. But if you're asking someone a question or you're having that conversation, what that um and that pause does is give your brain kind of 
time to catch up with what you're thinking. So the words that come out of your mouth are the right words, not the, the, the evil wit <laughs> that I want to start with first, though I am certainly known in difficult situations to use that method because I, I am kind of, uh, can get a little bit funny to like when someone comes in with something really hard or really difficult to say, hey, how about those lions this weekend? And totally change the conversation. It creates that spot for everybody to kind of giggle or realize you're never going to answer what they asked you and you're going to pivot to something you can both relate to. So where you use Michigan sports, I would just lean into food as my other podcast is Taste Buds with Deb. Right. And I find food is something everybody has an opinion on. It's a great go-to conversation. But when I worked in corporate, yes, I did that many years ago, I would always, it, um, I'm neutral on sports. Some I love, some I love less. Again, went to school in Nebraska, Michigan, kind of got to love, hate football. Um, but I would always check the scores right. from the weekend before on Monday morning because that sports is another really good pattern interrupt or conversation starter. We haven't gotten to conversation starters yet. I'm leapfrogging. Matt, how do you change a conversation? I like what Lisa said that, you know, when you're younger, you feel like you have to answer everything. And there, there is that point where you realize that's not the best way to handle that. Um, so all four of us being in communications, you, so I got to bring this up. So this is my, this is a limited edition site logic mug. Okay. On the back is our slogan of it's logical. And we have Socrates, Aristotle and Spock. And so I've got to go to grandpa Aristotle that, one of the things I have learned to do is if I feel I am over my head in something is to ask questions rather than feel like I have to answer. Uh, and the best thing you can do is ask someone, what do you mean by that? And I have realized by doing that, I would have answered the wrong answer I, I, so many times. So, and, and, and uh, you know, Aristotle, he, he is supposed to have said the beginning of wisdom is the defining of terms. So when you feel over your head and you just put that back on someone, what do you mean by that? Could you explain it to me? Now, what do you mean by that? And 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 you go back and you looked at you look at his conversations and and you know the 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 Socratic method. All it's doing is asking someone to explain themselves more and more and more, and ultimately they explain themselves into the answer they they need. Uh, and you just guide. So that is something that uh, really for the, I would say for the past 10 years is something I have really tried to work on is using more of that Socratic method rather than feeling I have to come up with an answer right there on the spot every time, because I, I'd say half the time I would have answered the wrong question. And you're absolutely right. Most people know the answer. They just need a little bit of help to get there. Can I just add something? Because I think that's brilliant. And what, you know, it, and the reality is at the end of the day, since you've kind of repeated, reframed and repeated back what you've learned from them, they think you're brilliant. Oh, because absolutely. And <laughs> they wanted to hear. 
Yes. It's kind of, you know, like in a job interview. Thank God we're not doing that anymore. But in a job <laughs> interview when they said, and how much do you want to make? So the best answer is, well, what's the what was the range for the last person? Mm-hmm. You never want to be the person. I, I I think that's brilliant. Thank you. It's it's uh you know again one of those things you learn by trial and error. Uh, so I can't take credit for it. But it's it's it, you know it's one of those things, and especially being more in the in the technical arena of you know I will get questions a lot of times about data and analytics. I have no idea how to answer some of that stuff. So what do you mean by that? You know, how are you defining this? And and the beautiful thing is there's so many terms in, in the digital marketing industry that every platform has its own definition. And so when I go talk to a boardroom, I can guarantee every person in that room has a different definition of some of the most basic terms. So it's a great way to kind of sidetrack a conversation that I don't like by just going to a question and seeing where everyone goes. And I'll even chime in too. I, I just got done helping one of my clients get what I do, what I call it, get your talk ready to rock. So we have this like structure that she's going to be following in order to attract clients. And she was talking about her story. And I had this exact conversation earlier today. I was like, wait, let's pause in that when you're telling me this phrase, I don't, I have like a hundred interpretations going on in my mind. So I need to know what you mean so that we can keep going because the audience is going to be like, well, why did she say that? Or what does that mean? What did I? And so then when she, so I said, here's my guesses. And she goes, oh no, that's not it at all. And I'm like, great. You got to tell me more like, what is it about? And it ended up being, we honed down to her exact client need mm. because of her, because of that conversation. She's like, this whole time, I had no idea People kept saying like, what is the thing? What is the benefit you do? And because of that uncovering of the deeper interpretation using your method, Matt, or Aristotle, either way, Matt, Aristotle, whatever, people probably get that confused all the time. And uh, it, she was, she felt so much better because she's like, this is, this is what I've been trying to say the whole time. I Wonderful. think we need to start calling him Mattistotle. Mattistotle. Oh, man. Well, that's better than saying Matt and Aristotle in the same sentence. So that, it, <laughs> it's shorter. It's shorter. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll, uh... <laughs> so what do you mean is a great question? What are some other really great questions to help people clarify what it is they're saying? Yeah, I'll often say, oh, can we just rewind the tape back a second? And you said X, Y, Z. And I'm not really sure what that means. Or I I thought you maybe meant this. Did you mean that? So like perception checking, which is one of the things I learned in that speech 100 class, you know, <laughs> still good to this day. Perception checking is one of my tips. Mm-hmm. Pam? Yeah, so I would say that um, I usually say to people, especially if it's important, you know, let me repeat that back to you to make sure I understood what you said. Because I want to walk away. And I I often say, I want to walk away really understanding this is really, especially if it's something that's really important. Sometimes they say, yes, that's what I mean. And sometimes they say they clarify more because they, and it's the same kind of drilling down, but in in the middle of a conversation. Mm. I'll notice with my husband, Sometimes, just occasionally, maybe once or twice a year, I don't hear what he says. And, you know, but I pretend that I do. 
And <laughs> I knew it. He does the same thing. He does the same thing. So what we do now, like I'm right. What we do now is if I really need him to hear, I'll say, I have an important communication. Or he'll say that to me so that we stop like, okay, I'm paying attention. What do you got? You know? So that's another one we'll do. So you want to telegraph that is what you're saying. Sometimes you just say you need signal flags. It's true. It's true. I have to, I have to confirm that it's true. So is it like a real life Mars Venus thing? Oh, absolutely. I think I'm really good at multitasking. So I can, I'll, I'll chat, I'll catch that I'm in a loop of like, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, of course. And then I realize, luckily pretty soon, I realize I didn't, and I'll, I'll, I'm very honest with my I'll say, I didn't hear anything you just said. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Totally pretended that I heard. I didn't hear that. So. I get it. Okay. I do the same thing. I, I It's heads up. And uh, what was that? You know, <laughs> please say everything you just said again. Uh, one of the things I like doing is, is asking the, the top three question. Um, and, and actually, someone just gave an amazing example of this uh, on a recent podcast where they were saying one of the ways that they screened new employees, one of the questions was, what are the top three things that would make you leave a leave a job, like just get up and walk out the door? What are the top three things? And he says, when you ask questions like that, where it's a contextual situation, the first answer is going to be something flippant. The second one they'll put, but the third one, that's where they're going to put the thought in. And that's where you're going to get your real answer. And he gave an example of someone was saying, well, obviously, you know, if there is harassment or, you know, it, it, you know, you know, it's an unethical situation, I'm out of there. And then they had to think. And then they said, you know what I hate is the smell of popcorn. If someone makes popcorn in the microwave, I'm out of there. And they realized very quickly, Who is this it's not person? the right person. No one likes, no one hates the smell of popcorn. Someone <laughs> did not like popcorn in the microwave. <laughs> So I, I, I love that, that, you know, what are the top three things that would make you or that you would cause you and you and you give a very contextual, <laughs> realistic situation. And it's a great way to just put the conversation on them for a while. I love yeah, this. Awesome. We're, we're, we're going to play with this question. What are the top three things you like to talk about in addition to conversation? Oh. Pam, you want to go first? Well, I was going to say it's one of the things I work with with, with my clients. No, 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 no. You about have to me? answer the question. Okay. I usually do. say that I am, if I had it to do all over again, I'd be an architect. But they had slide rules back in the day, and I was not good on the slide rule. I would, I do know how to use CAD CAM. I would be much better now. So that's one thing I would talk about. Um, I am a, not a frustrated artist. I'm, I am an artist and I usually have some, and when I say some, I mean five, six, eight projects going in different media. Cause you know, you don't want to have eight knitting projects. So I'm a knitting project, a beading project. Um, that's two. And then three, you're right. I have to think about more. Uh, I usually talk about things that make me unique. Like, for example, for example, I'm left-handed and I love that. Oh um, my goodness. My mom is left-handed. And whenever <laughs> we're watching TV and there's a lefty on there, she goes, lefty. 
right we all see each other there's no question about it okay we also look for notebooks that have a spiral on the top um see so though i so that's what i try to paint a picture if i really had to do something that would paint an overall picture of me that awesome. and i would add the fourth one is the various nonprofits i'm involved in great okay so lisa what are the three things you talk about beyond conversations and speaking i speak i, I mean i talk about movies tv shows a lot. I love movies and TV shows and I could go on and on about that. For my birthday, for example, which which just happened last week, my daughter and I watched our favorite Malcolm in the Middle episode, which is when he teaches Malcolm how to roller skate. Season one, episode 13. If you need to laugh, put it on. It's great. (laughs) And it's so funny. And then I also love to talk about relationships. Like I actually, when I worked with a personal development company for eight years, because I actually, I could talk about it like all day, like the beliefs and the, this, then what's holding us back and all this. I just like to get into those nice, juicy, meaningful, like what's going on in the minds of others. And then the third thing, I love it so much. I actually created a podcast about it was, is best friendship. I have a, a, a podcast with my childhood best friend, and we interview other best friends. So we get to hear their stories about friendship, which to me is very important. One of the most significant relationships a person could have. And it's an absolute joy to hear about these other relationships that, you know, are kind of the unsung heroes of relationships. Like you don't, don't really get a lot of hype. <laughs> I want to be on that podcast with my we best friend. We've been best friends since we were 14. Love it. <laughs> Got it. Okay. See, making connections through conversation. I rest my case. That's happened. Uh, Matt, what about you? What are your three? All right. I was last, so I got to think about it. Uh, food. Um, I, I lately I've been talking so much about how I have to teach social media marketing, but yet I hate social media and bees because I am a beekeeper. You're a beekeeper? Yes. So I could That's talk so for days cool. about bees. Yes. <laughs> it's it's one of the things where I feel like I learn something new every day. And I've been doing it for about 10 years now. Awesome. See, and how do we get this but through conversation? <laughs> and, Share and your I, three, Deborah. I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not out of this. <laughs> uh well. My base, my favorite is, that I love to talk about is how I'm a reformed non-cook and I'm now a food writer and podcaster with Taste Buzz with Deb. Um, I am a, a huge advocate for dancing for exercise. I love those two minute dance breaks because it really jazzes up your day. Um, and then I, the third, I got to go back to like recipes because as a reformed non-cook, Whenever I hear myself giving a recipe, I'm like, who's talking? Because it is me. <laughs> and and if you are tuning in and you are a lover of all things food, cooking, and community, which is um, the tagline for Taste Buds, I have a community on Facebook. So please join that as well. I will put it in the chat. Because the, the, going back to what is a great conversation that anyone can have with anyone 
it's about food. And some of these interviews are with chefs, but other are people who just have food incorporated into something that they do. I interviewed um, the founder of the Tea Book last, that was last week's episode, Noah Bleich. And he, what he did is it's like the tea is trading cards. So it's artwork, but it's also punny. So you can share and trade this artwork and then enjoy the unique flavors of tea. Um, I interviewed Robbie Samuel, who's, who's also on the Marketing Podcast Network, and one of his books is Croissants versus Bagels, or is it Bagels versus Croissants? I should get that right. Is that even a question? Who who would pick what? a no. bagel over a croissant? Hey, no, there are some really good bagels. Not as good as a croissant? I mean, I not that I have an opinion about it. I didn't realize I had such a strong opinion until 10 seconds ago. <laughs> it's a networking book. It's the bagels are closed conversations and the croissants are open ones. Oh, well, there you go. But, but yeah, but being in California, I can understand you not getting the appeal of bagels because they're so I, much better. I like bagels. I'm just saying like places. if you put a croissant next, I mean, that I, I love, I, don't get me wrong, love bagels. But It depends saying. on what you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want the bagel people coming after you. No, I don't. <laughs> don't, don't send the bagel haters. Watch out for big bagel. <laughs> and I have noticed that everybody does have an opinion about food, whether you do or do not love it. Most people at least feel strongly one way or the other about it. Um, and then, yes, I also interview chefs. But beyond chefs, I get to talk to people who got um, a tangent relationship to food. It's whoever it is, it's a great conversation in such an open world. See, that's what you get when you ask me about food is I food tangent all the time. Um, so anyway, and I'm surprised Matt didn't say more about food in this in this little tangent. That's okay. I have often said that if I were not doing internet marketing, that I probably would have been a chef. Um, I, I, I travel a lot. And so when I get home, I want to try and recreate what I've had when I travel. So, uh, it's a lot of fun, but I don't think I could deal with the life of a chef. <laughs> there, and there are some people who go to culinary school just for the skills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see it. There's so many, and, and I've got this from the people that I've interviewed. There's so many, um, ways to be in the food space beyond cooking again knowledge is power and i'm doing it again anyway <laughs> the conversation obviously is key but what is the impact that a conversation can have because it can go either way what what lisa do you think is the impact a conversation can have well i think for me, it certainly comes down to connection. And I try to connect with as many people as I can in my little ecosystem, because then people feel seen, heard and understood. And I think that's honestly what most people really want is to feel that way. And my husband's always amazed, like if we go to a restaurant, like a regular, regular, regularly, mm -hmm. and there's a new server, he's like, Oh, it's happening. And poor little server will come up to our table and I'm, you know, give them a second to warm up and I've, I'm going to be aware of how busy they are. If they're kind of not so busy, I might 
ask them a couple questions. And gosh darn it, we get the best service. We get res we get a table when there's no tables. We get free samples of stuff and all kinds of things. And sometimes they run over to our table. No, I'll take your table, even though you're not in my section because they want to hang out with us. So, but that makes my heart sing. Just even that little interaction of really seeing someone and connecting with them. And I think that's possible for all of us. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Pam? I would say a great conversation can make your day. And a bad conversation can ruin your day in a heartbeat. Ooh, so true. <laughs> so so we, we have to pay attention to how we're talking. And so that that behavior is mirrored to us. Um, I'm all about that mirroring, mirroring thing. You know, so if you're kind to someone, I have come to the point in my life where I will absolutely shut down someone who tries to gossip. Mm. I, you know what? I just say to them, you know what? I just, they, I just don't care. I just don't want to be here in, in this place right now. So let's just move on to something else. If it becomes a pattern, I usually think, well, that means when I'm not in the room, they're talking about me. Or they're talking about the next, right? You know, you, you're not immune. If someone's talking about everybody else, trust me, they're talking about you too. So it's important to kind of, you talked about set the guardrails, set the, 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 the limits. On the other hand, a great conversation, a conversation like this, where we're all putting information in. I have someone I want to recommend to you for your other podcast, Deb. I I, you know, my mind is going because I'm about relationship building much more than connecting. And, and, you know, I, I'm doing a man, preparing a masterclass about turning networking connections into business relationships, because that really is the key. What did they used to say? You know, be careful who you step on on the way up because you may find them on the way down. Mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and in this world, it's really true. I, I, whenever somebody asks me, you know, what's your favorite way to network? I say this show because I get to bring people together. I, I get to catch up with my friends and I get to introduce my friends to other friends. And occasionally I will do a panel where the people know each other on purpose, but mostly it's bringing strangers together because that's where the fun comes in. Uh, I have to backtrack. I just realized when I gave the things that I like to talk about, I didn't say goals probably because it's obvious because that is like my first big thing ever. Um, the other thing that I talk about, I'm going to add a, a fifth is I used to, I practiced Aikido for nine years, which is it's the martial art where you basically step out of the way and let people fall down. But uh, you reminded me with what you were talking about, Pam, I had this one years ago, this woman was, I don't know, her car was blocking me and she was honking and I was honking and she got out of the car and she started yelling at me. And I go, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. And like, by the end of this, she wanted to give me a hug. I mean, this was, you know, pre-COVID when you actually still hugged people, but it was one of those things that kindness approaching animosity, the animosity just fell flat. She had, there was nothing else she could say when I said, 
I'm really, when I said, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to upset you. And she like went to pieces. Well, I think we learn stuff as we go. And that's why I said a great conversation. There can also be a pivotal moment that changes how you communicate with people. For me, I, I used to fly a lot more than I do now. And when I, I was not the most calm, collected, stable person when everything went sideways. I wanted to get on the plane. I, I was like annoyed, whatever, I, I will admit. And then um, probably 25 years ago, friends of my parents uh, went down in a plane, in, a, mm -hmm. in, in the Air Egypt plane off of, uh, off of Long Island. And in a heartbeat, my mother's friend from kindergarten and her husband were gone. And I totally changed how I feel about flying and how I treat people when I fly and treat the attendants and the people at the gates. I only have one goal now. My only goal is to land. That's it. The rest of it can be late, can be, can be missing food, can be whatever. I will be the kindest person at the desk. And I always seem to get what I want even if I don't know I want it, but I have totally, that is one thing that I'm really proud of that I've changed in terms of like how I focus on conversation. It, I, first of all, I love, hate that story. I mean, I'm so sorry about, about your parents' lifelong friends, um, but it, the way that you approach is what makes the difference. And what I think the best thing we can do as, you know, just people is to be in the right frame of mind when we're having difficult conversations, because that's when you're going to get the best possible outcome. Matt, I did not let you answer that last question. That's not okay. What do you think is the impact of a conversation? The thread going through everyone's comments is kindness. And I think that is so key for just initiating conversation, but also the type of conversation that you have. I, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that every conversation is positive, doesn't mean that every conversation is, uh, you know, is for the purpose of having fun, you can also be kind and have a conversation about correcting someone about diffusing a situation. Uh, I, or what was it? late last year, uh, early last year, I lived in Dubai for about four or five months. And it was very interesting as an American living there that the the people that would come to clean my room, I would talk to them. I would ask them how they're doing, how their family's doing. And same thing at, at restaurants. I just made it a practice just to continue what I do. What I realized is a lot of times that working class, that servant class is treated like they don't even exist. So when someone acknowledges that they exist, what you're doing is saying you're valuable. You're valuable to me because I want to talk with you. And so that's part of that. That's that kindness that you're putting value on another person when you sit down and take the time to have a conversation with them. And, and you know, like Lisa, I, I got the best service I got, uh, you know, when, when the people say you're my favorite tenant, you know, and, and, all I did was just talk to them. And it, and so that that kindness element, you're elevating people when you take the time to talk with them. I 
if if the three of us ever went to a restaurant together, we're we're in three different, four different, three and a half different parts because Lisa and I are both in California, of the country. Um, the poor server would never get anything done because we would just be talking their ear off the whole time. That's okay because they'd be tipped well. Anyway, uh, I love this conversation about conversations. I would love for you all to each gift a goal to those who are tuning in. What is something that they could do today, tomorrow, immediately to have better conversations or be more in the moment of conversation or whatever? Goal, theme, conversation. Lisa, what goal would you like to gift? I would say this is a tool you can use anywhere, anytime, any place. So if you want to have it as a goal, try it out. That would be your goal. Try this tip out. Okay. And that is if you're upset about something, maybe it's traffic. We live in, or, or we live in Southern California. So there's some traffic all the time. <clears throat> And you find yourself grumbling about traffic or whatever it is. Um, it's called first degree naming. And you just, you just, so it's a conversation with yourself, but you can say it out loud or in your head. You just say like steering wheel, mileage, odometer, car. And what it does is it reminds you that all this traffic, quote unquote, or all the frustration is interpretation. And it brings you back to center of what's the facts. And then it's a nice way to go like, actually, I'm alive. Like heartbeat, I'm good. It is traffic is only what I've given interpretation to it being, and it can shift your mood very quickly. The best thing I heard is you're not in traffic, you are traffic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're you're taking yourself out of the moment of frustration and recentering yourself. Yeah, and you just say it out loud. Whatever those facts are. Mm -hmm. fun I mean not fun but fun tool because do you realize how much fun you can have with that you can play like I spy with the cars instead of being annoyed at traffic go ooh, hello red car oh hello gray car ooh, convertible it just takes you out of the moment of frustration did I get it right mm -hmm. awesome so Pam what goal would you like to give so I have to be honest when in the pre thing when you asked this question Mine was the three things about yourself. It really, it truly was. So I will swap it and I will say one thing we have not talked about at all is nonverbal cues. And I would say that, see, and, and as a perfect example, the other two contestants are shaking their heads. <laughs> no, they're nodding their heads, not shaking their heads. Yeah, they're nodding their heads. So I would say, that if there was something I would suggest that people do over the next few days is watch the nonverbal communication. Um, and it doesn't have to be all, you don't have to look anything up. You know, I have to tell you that yesterday, Saturday, a two-year-old rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> so, and she's a twin, so the other twin was giggling. So, but it was a full-on eye roll. And so I just, you know, as opposed to being upset, I just cracked up. Because I guess we learn those things early. Was Were you early? like, did you have microwave in, uh, popcorn in the microwave? Is that why she rolled her <laughs> eyes? Or She rolled her eyes because she wouldn't, she was running with a, uh, a, um, a jump rope. And her twin was trying to catch the back end of it. So I put my foot on the back end 
so that the twin could grab the other side. She did not mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> okay, so be aware of nonverbal communication that is hurled at you because that's going to make you more aware of your own nonverbal communication. Right. Cool. Okay. And, you know, bonus goals is, I'll put out the bonus goal is think about three things that you love to talk about and have conversations. So we're going to add that as bonus goal because I love it. Matt? I would say... All right. I, I'm going to I'm going to pull this. Remove obstacles from communication. And this is the number one obstacle. Uh, be aware if you are sitting across the table from someone, where do you put your phone? Do you put it so that you can see it? Do you flip it over? Do you put it in your bag? Because that tells the other person how important they are. Uh, it tells them how you are going to be listening. And so be aware uh, at my house, phones do not come to the table. Uh, they, they are not to be around the dinner table. They are nowhere around. And uh, we are working harder and harder at removing the biggest obstacle to conversation there is out of our lives. Well, and especially given your love of food and cooking, you want that time to be sacred. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, this has been so much fun conversation about conversations with people who love conversations. Uh, where can people learn more about each of you? Matt? Thank you, Deb. Uh, you can see everything at sitelogic.com. That is S-I-T-E-L-O-G-I-C. Or, as Deb has on the screen, sitelogicmarketing.com. And there you have links to our teaching site, which is learn.sitelogic.com, where we teach all aspects of digital marketing. We just launched a course on content marketing. And so everything is one-to-one coaching and you get assignments and you have to present them in many different ways because we're trying to teach some soft skills. And so we're going to look at all of your communication methods, verbal, nonverbal, print, and also on video. And then also finally the podcast that Deb mentioned, and that is the Endless Coffee Cup podcast, where we talk about digital marketing education, people in different careers, what they've done in digital marketing and how people can elevate their careers. Awesome. And also marketingpodcast.net is where you can find my podcast, Matt's podcast, and a bunch of other really cool podcasts. And Pam, where can people learn more about you? So people can find me on my, uh, more about me on my website, the hillstreetgroup.com. It even tells you why my company is named Hill Street Group. And the best way is if you're watching this on LinkedIn, especially reach out and connect with me. Tell me you saw me, add the note. If you tell me you saw me, it's your instant in to um, my feed. So uh, that's where you can find me. And I have on my website, you can download a, a checklist and a guide all about communications. Awesome. And I will say that all these links will be in the recap. So if you go to the devmethod.com slash blog, um, and I always put everybody's LinkedIn in as well. So if you are tuning in and want to connect, absolutely drop a note and let's all be friends. Lisa, where can people learn more about you? Uh, they can go to getspeakinggigsnow.com. That's gigs with an S because you want more than one. Don't you? Don't you want more than one speaking gig? I think you do. Uh, but if you'd like some tips, you can get uh, five top tips to get more speaking gigs now. And that's at getspeakinggigsnow.com slash tips. 
try to keep them guessing, you know, make it hard, make it hard to find me. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, yeah, I, I love that. That that gives you insight into a whole bunch of cool stuff. Lots of bonus tips for you, especially if you're a person listening and you're thinking I should be up there speaking. I've got stuff to say. I've got people to help. And exactly. You've got wonderful. stuff to say and people to help. And that's really what <laughs> all of this is uh, about is you set goals to, you know, create the life you want because everybody deserves that. Um, and I am at the Deb Method everywhere. Again, devmethod.com. And you can also go to tastebudswithdeb.com to learn more about my podcast and my food writing. And if you want to reset your goals, grab a copy of your goal guide at your favorite place to buy books. And obviously you can tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific for the wonderful conversation and or subscribe to the Deb Show podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network on your favorite podcast platform. Wonderful conversation about conversations. What final thought would you like to leave everybody with? Pam, final thought? Oh, I get to go first. You My final thought was I had no idea where this was going to go, but the power of the conversation is truly here because we all went kind of through down the river and through the woods together on a great journey. And a conversation is all about a journey. It is absolutely true. And this is, I have so much fun <laughs> having these conversations and a conversation about conversations. I mean, how much more fun could you have? Um, thank you. Um, and Lisa, final thought? I say, have fun. Have fun. Do what makes your heart sing. In fact, I just got this new toy from my birthday party the other day. It's a blow up microphone because my friends know me so well. It doesn't actually emit any sound, but it looks really cool when you go out dancing and you got to have fun. So you got to have fun. You just got, you know, life is too short. Enjoy. Do what you love. Do what makes your heart sing. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And Matt, final, final thought. Come up with a couple questions, arm yourselves with them. And like Deb, you, you created a single podcast of conversations about conversations by asking questions and you had some good ones in there too. <laughs> because, and it really does any conversation, it can start with, hi, how are you? But it really starts with that question, whether the question is, what do you need or how can I help? It is a door, a portal to great conversations to come. Thank you all again so much, Matt Bailey, Pat Lippett, Lisa Reed for joining me. And thank you for tuning in to Gold Chat Live, AKA the Deb Show podcast. Um, thank you for embracing your conversational goals. Go on out there and go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to the Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.